Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. All right, welcome into 365 Sports, or welcome back. Time for a little Off the Radar, which is a segment on Tuesdays and Thursdays at around 445, where we take a look at just some grab bag of stories, whether it's uh, college football related or try to get out of that uh, a little bit, depending on what kind of stories are out there. And we've got a little bit of a a mixed bag, got some ratings to talk about when it comes to the college game. And we'll save like the main show for obviously more of the portal reports and the coaching changes that are going on and all those different types of things. But we did make mention earlier that Baylor has hired uh, Jake Spavital as their new offensive coordinator. It appears Kansas's offensive coordinator, Andy Kotelnicki, is headed to Penn State. Um, but also one other uh, coaching note that I don't think that we touched on, and this one was pretty big because this was a team that was very much front and center as one of the big stories this season, and especially here lately with talk about their bowl eligibility. James Madison uh, was, you know, a great story, undefeated, had the whole you know situation with whether or not they were going to be allowed to play into a bowl game, and it was kind of a big deal for like a couple of weeks or so, and then they lost a game uh, right in the midst of that, and uh, then they ended up you know f- seeing it work out to where they still you know were able to get into a bowl game despite all of the worries about you know that not working out because of the uh, you know the transition period that they were facing, but the Dukes got to go bowling. But now, Paul, they are going to be without their head coach. Yep. Uh, as Kurt Signetti is headed to be the new head coach with the Indiana Hoosiers there in the Big Ten. The Big Ten, you really, like, maybe it's like this every year, but now I definitely notice it more with the big money TV contracts and just the way things are sort of shaping up. You know, whether it's Luke Fickle jumping to Wisconsin or Kurt Signetti's jumping to, uh, to Indiana. And, um, you know, now you're going to get uh, USC and UCLA and Oregon and Washington rolling in there. It's just very interesting times for sure. But Indiana... Uh, 
a heck of a hire uh, based yeah. on everything that I can, you know, analyze and everything that, that I have read. Did a tremendous job with James uh, Madison, but uh, they got rid of Tom Allen this past weekend. They were 3-9, and nine, got beat by Purdue in the finale, and it just wasn't a, a very good run there for the Hoosiers. So they're paying the big fat buyout of, I think, 20-plus million dollars um, although they're working on a financial settlement there, and it will be Kurt Signetti uh, from here on out, who had been at James Madison since 2018, gone 19-4 over the past couple years, including 13-3 in conference play, 52-9 and overall uh, in his time with the Dukes, and so we'll see what he can do in this new-look Big Ten. Yeah, um, I think for Indiana, also it's a good hire. You know, Kurt Signetti, the only knock on him is he's 62 years old, right? Yeah. So you don't know how long he's going to be there. But you do have a guy that you had to really bowl over to get out of James Madison because he didn't – I don't think he wanted to leave there. He said in a statement he didn't want to leave, but, you know, it's just the – you know, point where you couldn't say no, you know, and it's a huge opportunity to coach in the Big Ten. So Kurt Signetti's not going to use Indiana to get the the Michigan job when that's open. Mm-hmm. Kurt Signetti's probably going to retire at Indiana, you know, and so that's good. They kind of need that. Like that would be that would be to me a benefit of Houston hiring Willie Fritz. I think if Houston hires Willie Fritz, he's not thinking about like, oh man, can I get A and M if if Elko doesn't work out or like where can I wind up? He's going to be uh, at, at Houston. So. If he's if he's in fact the guy, so yeah, I think that's a really good hire for Indiana. Clearly, the Dukes have done really really well uh, in James Madison, uh, especially doing what they were doing. You know, transitioning up a level for him to win like he did and leave no doubt. Like it wasn't like one of those things where they had a chump schedule this year and and ran through it. They played the the regular Sun Belt schedule and and all of that. So um, yeah, they're. They're very well-deserving, and he's got a tough job ahead of him. The Big Ten is oh, yeah. 18 teams uh, now, uh, and he's got 17 of those teams that are, you know, I would say of the better. 17 <laughs> other that are better than Indiana's been classically. So, you know, it, it's going to be tough. I don't know. I mean, like, you know, you could make the argument like Rutgers or, or someone like yeah, that yeah, is yeah. behind Indiana, but, you know, they're not in the top tier of that. We're not Indiana haters, but, I mean, let's be realistic about it. Yeah. You know, like, they're they're also, yeah, they're down at the bottom tier right now in the Big Ten. Uh, where exactly in the bottom does it really matter? They're, they're in the bottom uh, rung, and, and they need to, you know, improve upon that. So that's what they'll look to do with Kurt Signetti. And, you know, it wasn't like uh, – I should say James Madison is a program with a lot of longevity. I mean, he came in and did a great job following the tremendous job that Mike Houston did. Uh, So they have uh, been at it, Everett Withers, prior to that, getting them in the playoffs. And so they've been on a good run. And I say that because uh, they will now turn and find, I'm sure, a great head coach. I saw some of the talk earlier. You mentioned Alex Atkins on a couple of your lists, but like there, there's a name there, and there was a bunch of other names that have been attached to it. Uh, don't know where they exactly turn the Dukes, but yeah. they've got a very solid foundation spanning multiple head coaches now over the last uh, you know decade plus. So uh, they will be fine, I'm sure, but that is now going to be something to monitor, especially with the level they're at now. And with Indiana, uh, what can Kurt Sigdetti go in there and do and uh, what is considered success? Uh, better than what you're doing here, obviously, of late. Being competitive would, would be a good start. But, yeah, an 18-team conference, that's still just kind of hard to wrap uh, your head around a little bit. But there you go, Kurt Signetti leaving James Madison to become the head coach at Indiana. And what jobs are even open at this point? I mean, the carousel, not not on fire yeah. like it See, was the Duke, past couple of seasons. Duke is open. Yeah. Right? Um, Houston is still open. Houston, I would think, too, with the American Championship game coming up on Saturday, that feels like a 
once that ends, we'll probably hear yeah. something, I would imagine. Yeah, so Houston and Duke are open. Uh, Michigan State's closed. A&M's closed. Indiana's closed. Yep. Uh, I think that's pretty much it, right? Yeah. I think that's pretty much it. There wasn't a, a boatload of jobs that got opened up. Because but, uh, San Diego State, um, uh, not I don't know if Sean Lewis is official yet, but official, official. 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 But, yeah. So San Diego State's not open. Um I'm pretty you know. sure that's – yeah, there's yeah, only so, a couple left. Yeah, so you've got James Madison, Duke, and and uh, in Houston right yeah. now. So this wasn't a, you know, massive hiring and firing year. Although, how could it be given everything we've we've seen? Right. Now, I think the only one that could – like, there's potential that some jobs could open up with guys go to the NFL, you know. Yes, but that's still possible. Like, yeah. Michigan will, will be open for seven seconds because Jim Harbaugh will leave and they'll just give the job to Sharon Moore. Mm-hmm. So – yeah, I don't think they're going to do this whole nationwide search. In it, would still have a line of candidates wrapping yeah. around the corner there. So, yeah, I mean, I should have looked into that, but off the top of my head, I was wondering, like, dang, I don't think there's many open jobs even left at this point. That kind of moved on quickly, but yeah, there will certainly be some uh, some more attrition somewhere or other. But Indiana now officially filled. All right, elsewhere uh, from this past weekend, uh, you had a bunch of great. Uh, college football action that we've been talking about now for the last couple of days finally got the uh, ratings that rolled on in and just a massive number for Ohio State and Michigan a massive number for Buckeyes and Wolverines the noon kickoff last Saturday on Fox big noon kickoff 19 plus million viewers for Buckeyes and Wolverines 19 19- 18.07 largest audience uh, since 2006, second largest on record there for Fox. Um, was far and away the most watched game by nearly 10 million viewers uh, to show you the power of the game, but nearly 20 million people for that one. He had playoff stakes, you had the hardball, you know, situation probably provided some intrigue for others as well. Uh, but my goodness gracious, that is an absolutely monstrous number and uh, very cool to see um, that kind of a, of a show in there for a, a game of that nature. Just a huge, huge number for, for those two teams. Yeah, I, um, I was one of those 20 million. You were like everybody in yep. this room was. Everybody watched it. Um, it did like, you know, it was a good game. You know, it, it had sparks. The first part of the game, though, I thought was really boring. Um, and that's kind of Big Ten football. Big Ten football. That's, that's like Big, Big Ten, Ten football. football. Yeah. It's just, uh, I don't know. We And I try not to judge. And like, will that fo- change with the new schools? I mean, I, it has to with their styles I, somewhat. I, I, right? think, I think you have to. Like, the other schools are going to, like, you heard Angelique Chingelis earlier say, yeah, these schools like Iowa are going to have to adapt because you can't just bet on the fact they're going to wind up in the championship game as long as you beat Minnesota and Rutgers, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, you can beat them by scoring 16 points, but you can't you're not going to beat Oregon scoring 16. You're not going to beat Washington scoring 16. Like even on a horrible day, you're not going to beat USC scoring 16, you know? Right. So, um yeah, I, I yeah, they're going to have to change. So it it, it they're going to have to adapt. The problem is, is like, how much can you adapt? Matt Rule said it on our show very well. Like, yeah, we have to adapt, but we also have to play an offense that's going to work in Lincoln, Nebraska in late October and November yeah. where the weather is not um, agreeable to a lot of that. And we saw, like, 
That's why, you know, I don't think you've seen a lot of teams in the Big Ten like, well, you know, Purdue's gone full spread and, and Wisconsin's going spread and all that. If you watch how they play call, though, it's a little bit different than spread south of the Mason-Dixon line because, and we saw it here, any time that the weather was not perfect, you know, you asked Art Bryles about it and he'd be like, yeah, we don't like that. Right. You know, like they, it doesn't doesn't translate. So you got to, they're going to be these hybrid kind of offenses, the, the, you know, the winter spread, so to speak. Yeah, we'll, we'll see a shakeup, though, I think, uh, with some of those new teams coming in. So, uh, 10 most-watched games uh, this season. Ohio State and Michigan now very clearly the number one at 19.07. The next closest was Colorado and Oregon. That pulled in a little over $10 million, so you nearly had double the next closest game there for Ohio State-Michigan. That's how massive that number was. Ohio State, and those were the only two over uh, $10 million so far as far as uh, the 2023 regular season. Ohio State Notre Dame had close to 10 million. Ohio State Penn State had close to 10 million. See a, see a trend here with a certain yeah. team? Uh, Colorado State, Colorado had 9.3. Those were your top five right there. So Ohio State and Colorado comprising the entire top five there uh, with their various matchups. FSU, LSU had a little over nine. Michigan, Penn State, Bama, Auburn also had over nine. Then LSU, Bama, and Texas, Bama had in the eight seven five eight eight range as well. So those were your, your top ten games. But Ohio State with three of the uh, top four spots, including far and away the biggest audience of the year with 19-plus million for that game last week. Alabama-Auburn, for what it's worth, as far as just uh, week 13 goes, uh, that was the next closest. Also uh, or had 9.09. Washington State-Washington pulled in nearly 6 million viewers. Georgia, Georgia Tech had 5.3 million, and then FSU, Florida rounded it out with five plus million viewers for that one. So, yeah, that was your top five. Uh, but uh, five games over five million, two over nine, and one over nineteen. With the the one that I mentioned there. Jeez, Florida, come on, get better. Like, uh, they were know, right there. Gonna, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I guess that'll bump that number up. You can at least pass Georgia, Georgia Tech. That they're a few hundred thousand away yeah. there. I wonder. You know, and it was never nineteen million, even in the height of both those programs in the nineties. No, but. absolutely not. <laughs> no, that's that's unique to only a, a certain few programs for sure. But a yeah. very very healthy weekend uh, for college football. I think you had when all was said and done, probably fifteen to twenty games that ended with a million or more viewers, yeah. which is very very healthy and. That's that's one of the better weekends you'll see, which makes sense with all the stuff that's at stake. But um, yeah, there you go with that. A couple of other notes here. So I know we got some guests to get to, um, but NCAA video game. There's an update on that uh, as the game is still scheduled to come out this summer, especially now that there is a, a little thing taken care of in terms of the Brander Group and one team partners coming to a settlement uh, with EA Sports in regards to their lawsuit um, that had, you know. Uh, claim torturous interference uh, there in the uh, Northern District of California. Uh, so um, there is now a pathway cleared, basically, is what I'm getting at, because of the settlement for the video game to progress, and that is still expected now to come out in the summer of 2024. EA announcing they were pleased that Brander had decided to withdraw their claims and that EA did not have to pay them money. Um, they said the suit had no merit, and now they're continuing to focus on the upcoming game. So very much looking forward to that. And then close it out uh, with this. Um, a couple of NFL news and notes for one. Later on tonight, Seahawks and Cowboys coming up on the Amazon broadcast. Uh, your usual Thursday night actions. Not been that sexy, quite frankly, but hopefully this is an entertaining game. I know you're probably not rooting for an entertaining game as much as just like <laughs> win and blow them out and, and get it over uh, with. But Seahawks, Cowboys, your thoughts on that? I'm curious to see the um, 
the Cowboys have beaten every bad team they've played this year very badly. Like, yeah, the Chargers was a close game, but that was before, like, the wheels kind of fell off for the Chargers. Um, and, but they've, they, and they, they played close to the Eagles. They got blown out by, by the 49ers. They had their weird one against the Cardinals, which everybody, like, every, every, even good teams have weird ones. You know, look, look throughout any Super Bowl season, you'll be like, they lost to who? <laughs> yeah. How'd that happen? You know, and so they have that. The Seahawks are the, uh, the the like one of the only good teams they played. Now this starts a stretch for them where they've got Seattle, they've got Miami, they got Buffalo, they got Detroit uh, and Philly, uh, all left on the schedule. And I think they end the season again with Washington. But uh, they this starts a, a really tough stretch for the Cowboys. And the Seahawks are good. I don't think they're Cowboys good. And the Cowboys. Um, for a long time, AT&T Stadium was not a home field advantage at all. Like, it was, you know, I, 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 I've covered many games there, as you guys have heard me talk about at length uh, here on the show. And it was, um, especially when it was new, because it was there was the novelty of it, certain fan bases would come in, like the Packers would just roll in there. and The Steelers would roll in there. Uh, they lost to the Bears uh, one night. Um, and... and uh, golly, who was that defensive back? It was such a horrible game. Uh, Brandon Marshall just ate his lunch. But um, but I was driving into the parking lot, and, you know, you, you pull in from I-30, and then you, like, drive down this, this like, road, like, kind of around the back of the stadium and then in uh, to the front of it to get to the, the media parking lot, and it was one-to-one Brian Erlacher jerseys to Tony Romo jerseys. Mm. It was really wild. It was just, like, what am I seeing here? But now it's not. So I think the Cowboys win tonight. I think they'll have their, their work cut out for them with Seattle, who's who's good. I mean, Seattle's a good team. I don't think that they're, you know, I don't think that they're a threat to win the NFC. I think they're going to be a playoff team. But, um, but yeah, this will be an interesting one for the Cowboys. Yeah, it uh, definitely will be. So you got that coming up uh, later on tonight, 7.15 Central Time on Prime Video, Cowboys and Seahawks and the NFL also announcing their first ever flexing of a Monday night football game. Uh, that's always been in their pocket. They just haven't ever used it before, but they have as of today as the league announced that they will flex the Philly and speaking of the Seahawks Seattle game in week 15 to Monday night, uh, replacing the previous scheduled Kansas City Chiefs and New England Patriots game. So don't know if you've ever realized that that's uh, has ever happened before, but they have flexed Eagles uh, and uh, Seahawks into Week 15, into that Monday Night Football spot, bumping the Chiefs and the Patriots. So a little bit of unique uh, TV, I guess, broadcasting uh, history there when it comes to the National Football League. Uh, they also announced the three Saturday games. you got Vikings, Bengals, Steelers, Colts, and Broncos, Lions, uh, which will be the nightcap there. All of those will be on NFL Network, and, and we'll have some playoff implications attached to it as well. So um, they don't typically do that. They haven't done it, but uh, now they are flexing uh, Monday night, and you'll see Eagles, Seahawks in Week 15. And so there are a few things that are off the radar. The players are going to hate that, but good for Joe and Troy to actually get to see one that matters. Yeah. This has been a Rogue Media Network 